Father in heaven, we thank you for August 14th. We thank you for today's reading, Lord, of your word. Give us eyes to hear, ears to listen to. (laughs) Eyes to hear and ears to see. Eyes to see and ears to listen to your word. Thank you for speaking to us. And bless your word today. August the 14th, Nehemiah 7.73 to 9.21. And it says, In October, when the Israelites had settled in their towns, all the people assembled with a unified purpose at the square just inside the water gate. They asked Ezra, the scribe, to bring out the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had given for Israel to obey. So on October 8, Ezra the priest brought the book of the law before the assembly, which included the men and women and all the children old enough to understand. He faced a square just inside the water gate from early morning until noon and read out loud to everyone who could understand. All the people listened closely to the book of the law. Ezra the scribe stood on high on a wooden platform that had been made for that occasion. To his right stood Matitaya, Shema, Ananiah, Uriah, Hilkiah, and Masiah. To his left stood Pediah, Mishael, Melchijah, Heshum, Hashbadana, Zechariah, and Meshulam. Ezra stood on the platform and few view in full view of the people. When they saw him open the book, they all rose to their feet. Then Ezra praised the Lord, the great God of all the people, and all the people chanted, Amen and Amen. As they lifted their hands, then they bowed down and worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. The Levites, Jeshua, Bani, Sherebiah, Jamin, Akub, Shabetai, Hodiah, Masiah, Kelida, Asariah, Josabad, Hanan, and Peliah then instructed the people in the law while everyone remained in their place. They read from the book of the law of God and clearly explained the meaning of what was being read, helping the people understand each passage. Then Nehemiah, the governor, Ezra the priest and scribe and the Levites who were interpreting for the people said to them, Don't mourn or weep on such a day as this, for today is a sacred day before the Lord your God. For the people had all been weeping as they listened to the words of the law. And Nehemiah continued, Go and celebrate with a feast of rich food and sweet drinks and share gifts of food with people who have nothing prepared. This is a sacred day before our Lord. Don't be dejected and sad, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Amen. Amen. And the Levites, too, quieted the people, telling them, Hush, hush, don't weep, for this is a sacred day. So the people went away to eat and drink and eat a festive meal, to share gifts of food and to celebrate with great joy, because they have heard God's word and understood them. On October the 9th, 
the family leaders of all the people to, together with the priests and Levites met with Ezra the scribe to go over the law in greater detail. As they studied the law, they discovered that the Lord had commanded through Moses that the Israelites should live in shelters during the festival to be held that month. He had said that a proclamation should be made throughout their towns and in Jerusalem, telling the people to go to the hills and get branches from olive, wild olive, myrtle, palm, and other leafy trees. They were to use these branches to make shelters in which they would live during the festival as prescribed in the law. So the people went out and cut branches and used them to build shelters on the roof of their houses in their courtyards, in the courtyard of God's temple, or in the square just inside the water gate, and the Ephraim gate. So everyone who had returned from captivity lived in these shelters during the festival, and they were all filled with great joy. The Israelites had not celebrated like this since the days of Joshua, Joshua the son of Nun. Ezra read from the book of the law of God on each of the seven days of the festival. Then on the eighth day they had a solemn assembly as was required by law. On October 31st the people assembled again and on this time they fasted and dressed in burlap and sprinkled dust on their head. Those of Israelite descendants separated themselves from all foreigners as they confessed their own sins and the sins of their ancestors. They remained standing in place for three hours while the book of the law of the Lord their God was read out loud to them. Then for three more hours they confessed their sins and worshipped the Lord their God. The Levites, Yeshua, Bani, Kadmiel, Shibaniah, Buni, Sherebiah, Bani, and Kananani stood in the stairway of the Levites and cried out to the Lord their God with loud voices. And the leaders of the Levites, Jeshua, Kadmiel, Bani, Hashabaniah, Sherebiah, Hodiah, Shebaniah, and Pethaniah, Hahiah, called out to the people, Stand up and praise the Lord your God, for he lives from everlasting to everlasting. Then they prayed. May your glorious name be praised. May it be exalted above all blessings and praise. May you alone, you alone are the Lord. You made the skies and the heavens and all the stars. You made the earth and the sea and everything in them. You presented them all and the angels of heaven worship you. You are the Lord God who chose Abram and brought him from the Ur of the Chaldeans and renamed him Abraham. When he had proved himself faithful, you made a covenant with him to give him and his descendants the land of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amortites, Parasites, Jebusites, and Girgashites. And you have done what you promised, for you are always true to your word. Amen. You saw the misery of our ancestors in Egypt, and you heard their cries from besides the Red Sea. You display miraculous signs and wonders against Pharaoh, his officials, and all his people, for you knew how arrogantly they were treating our ancestors. You have a glorious reputation that has never been forgotten. You divided the sea for your people so they could walk through on dry land, 
and then you hurtle their enemies into the depths of the sea. They sank like stones beneath the mighty waters. You led our ancestors by a pillar of cloud during the day and a pillar of fire at night so they could find their way. You came down at Mount Sinai and spoke to them from heaven. You gave them regulations and instructions that were just and decrees and commands that were good. You instructed them concerning your holy Sabbath and you commanded them through Moses, your servant, to obey all your commands, decrees, and instructions. You gave them bread from heaven when they were hungry and water from the rock when they were thirsty. You commanded them to go and take possessions of the land, had sworn to give them. But on your ancestors were proud and stubborn, and they paid no attention to your commands. They refused to obey and did not remember the miracles you had done to for them. Instead, they became stubborn and pointed a leader to take them back to their slavery in Egypt. But you are a God of forgiveness, gracious and merciful, slow to become angry and rich in unfailing love. But you are a God of forgiveness, gracious and merciful, slow to become angry and rich in unfailing love. You did not abandon them, even when they made an idol shaped like a calf and said, This is your God who brought you out of Egypt. They committed terrible blasphemies. But in your great mercy, you did not abandon them to die in the wilderness. The pillar of clouds still led them forward by day, and the pillar of fire showed them the way through the night. You sent your good spirit to instruct them, and you did not stop giving them manna from heaven or water for their thirst. For 40 years you sustained them in the wilderness and they lacked nothing. Their clothes did not wear out and their feet did not swell. Whoo! Amen. Wow, that really relives all that the Lord did for them as they came out of Egypt. Beautiful. An extraordinary thing that I see right here, we back up from the the back forward Uh and we back up says... You sent your good spirit to instruct them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And today when we ask them for a spirit of efficiency or a mm-hmm, spirit of... Mm-hmm. Uh, Amen. The spirit will come. You know, Amen. it's in lack of the Holy Spirit as, you know, to teach us. Lord, please send us a spirit of instructions, Lord, to instruct us. Because instruction is like reproof. It's a strong word. Yeah. Instruct. I think the word instruct has a two by four. You get online, he whack you with it. He instructs you. That's how strong the word instruction is. Well, kind of like he, struck you over the head. Yeah, I, I like it because it you sent your good spirit to instruct them and you did not stop, okay, giving them manna from heaven or water for their thirst. And for 40 years, you sustained them in the wilderness. Okay? And they lacked nothing. They lacked nothing. Their clothes did not wear out and their feet did not swell. Wow. That's the kind of God we serve, Dave. We Amen. lack nothing. He sustains us. He sends us instruction through His Spirit. He feeds us. Get when we're thirsty, we, and He gives us the water we need, and we lack nothing, and He sustains us. That is, if you get nothing else out of this whole chapter, hang on to that. And I, you know what I, I like about this is we are in the Old Testament right now, but it says. You know, it clearly describes what kind of God it is. 
It says, but you're a God of forgiveness, gracious and merciful, slow to become angry, and rich in unfailing love. No matter what they did, he still was a very forgiveness, a God of forgiveness, lots of forgiveness, graciousness, merciful, and he didn't abandon them. Yeah, for becoming stubborn and... And making an idol, a golden idol. Wow. A God of forgiveness, See? gracious and mercy. Slow to become rich and not an angry God. See, that's why we have to be forgiving, gracious, mm -hmm. and merciful, slow to become angry, and Amen. rich and unfailing love. Gotta be like him in those areas, huh? You do not abandon them. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Um, I like their prayer also when they, um, wow, they really were, you know, dedicated. They were standing for three hours, and they stood for three more hours after that, confessing their sins, worshiping God. Over here where it says uh, 9, 8. It says, and you have done what you promised, for Amen. you are always true to your word. Amen. And you have done what you promised, for you are always true to your word. Amen. I mean, what, what God can boast that, that he can promise something and make it come to pass. Right. And Amen. says, there's no other God but me. Amen. Now, let's talk about a little bit of how long they stood out there. It was a eight-day festival. Mm -hmm. And then they, they were having fun because everybody camped outside. Uh -huh. So apparently the, the weather must have been okay. Mm -hmm. Hasn't changed yet. Mm -hmm. But they, uh, they, they, they enjoyed and, the, and they, uh, they went deeper into the scriptures the next day and they found out that they lived in shelters. Amen. And that was a command for this festival. Mm. And what is the reason? Well, to humble you, to remember how you came to this town. How the God, God, you know, how knows that we need to have reminders over and over again of who we are, where we, we were created, what God we have, and what what mercies He's done in our Beautiful. lives. You yeah, know? it's like a reminder, contra reminder of what He did for them to bring them out of Egypt, right? Yeah, some of the things really interesting is that somebody told me if you have a need, actually, I got a call from Europe, from Italy somewhere, because I had my 1010 think well mm -hmm. and they they were looking at it and he called me to give me some advice he said if you have uh he said if you have uh financial problems he goes read psalms read psalms 119 or mm -hmm. read all the psalms for you know and right here it says they remain standing in a place for three hours while the book of the law of the lord god was read out loud to mm -hmm. them to them so you can read it out loud to yourself. Mm -hmm. Then for three more hours, they can they confess their sins. Now, we don't have to do that through right. Jesus Christ. But we, we worship in spirit and in truth. Amen. And thanksgiving for three hours. Amen. Now, there will cause a change in your life. I mean, you read the Word of God out loud for three hours to yourself. And then you praise Him for three hours to yourself. I mean, who can stand that man of stamina? It says over here that Ezra read the book of the law of God on each of the seven days of the festival. And then on the eighth day, they had a solemn assembly that was required by the, by the law. Mm -hmm. Now they put on burlap and sprinkle on their dust. Now they went reverse. Instead of festive, they started uh, 
confessing their sins and the sins of their ancestors. Um, and it's interesting that over here, too, in the beginning, it says that Ezra read the book starting early in the morning till noon. Wasn't that right? Mm-hmm. Let's see. And it's interesting, I said, they're old enough to understand. And the word understanding is not just, I mean, understanding. When you set yourself to understand, mm-hmm. you, set, you set yourself to seek God, you set yourself to open up for God, you, you, uh, you open your heart to believe and, to, and yeah. to seek God when you understand. Yeah, you know, I, I think uh, when I read that, it says, uh, so previous to that in 10, 8, 10, the very famous verse where it says, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Mm-hmm. And where they found, um, it says, uh, and the Levites too quieted the people, telling them, hush, don't weep, for this is sacred day. So the people went away to eat and drink at a festival meal at a festive meal, to share gifts of food and to celebrate with great joy, okay? But it says, and how did they get that joy? It says, because they had heard God's word and understood. Hmm. So that's where our joy comes from. But only after they heard the word of the yes. Lord for six hours. But it, yeah, but isn't that later when they, on October 31st, it says? No, they, they went for eight days. For the, in the beginning, they had to have a foundation. So on October 8th, the priest brought the book of the law before the assembly, which included the men and women, the children, all of them. He faced the square just inside the water gate, okay, go, from early morning until noon, see? And that was before the uh, joy of the Lord is my strength. And read out loud to everyone who could understand. The people listened closely. And then it says that the Levites, Jeshua, Bani, down in uh, 7 7, uh, they explained the law to, they had, they broke up in groups. Mm. And they explained what they had read to them in really detail. And now they've done their work. They worked for six hours, and then they, after the six hours, they started explaining. Well, it was an all day thing, it was a seminar, it's a convention. A conference. And then after that first day, for today is a sacred day before the Lord your God, for the people had all been weeping as they listened to the word of the law. Okay, they were they were been weeping so they got through, it worked. Mm-hmm. And now go and celebrate. Now go get they haven't eaten probably. They mm-hmm. feast of rich food and sweet drinks and share gifts with the people and have nothing prepared. For this is a sacred day before Allah. So they've done something sacred. They have Amen. brought heaven to earth Amen. through the word of God. Okay? By opening, you know, and being... So don't be dejected and sad no more for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Look, you have done it. This is your reward now from standing here for six, seven, eight hours and seeking the Lord. And the Levites, too, quieted the people, telling them, Hush, hush, don't weep, for this is a sacred day. So the people went away to eat and drink at a festive meal. Festive. And share gifts of food and to celebrate with great joy because they had heard God's word and understood them. So God's word took root 
Amen. Yes, and yes. And gave them joy. It gave them a meal. It was a spiritual meal in the beginning. Right. right. Now they're going to have a physical meal. Hallelujah. And to celebrate. See, yeah. see, what we're doing right now, early in the morning, we're, we're having, we're, this is what we're doing. We're getting into the Word. We're getting a meal into our spirits. And now, later on, we're going to be able to enjoy the day. We're going to be in the kingdom of God, enjoying His music, enjoying His atmosphere, because our, our souls are filled. Our souls are joyful. It's a natural response for us to have joy. Okay, Amen. Amen. Okay, so um, that's really good right there. Would you like to read this? Yes, I would. Um, but yeah, I, I just, you know, when you read that, they had heard God's words and understood. See, it's not just enough to read it. you got to understand. you got to get understanding, just like it says in the Proverbs, wisdom and understanding. Get that. I think understanding, you know, like I said before, understanding is really... Um, it's just a willingness to understand, a willingness to go forward and open your heart and, and want, wanting to understand God, wanting to do His will, huh? Mm-hmm. You know, abandoning your, your uh, prejudices. Okay, 1 Corinthians 9, 1. Oh, hang on. We got a couple of more to go here. Let me read uh, Nehemiah 8, 1, 5, and we'll finish because this is really important. Okay. The next one. It says, the book of the law of Moses was probably the Pentateuch, Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible. Okay, was, they read Genesis, they read all about Joseph and, 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 and the flood and all those beautiful stories in Genesis, okay? And then the five books of the Bible, because he did go over some of the miracles they talked about uh, coming out of Egypt and the miracle things in the 40 years in the desert. So they read all that, the first five books of the Bible. The people rose to their feet in respect and anticipation. They listened attentively to Ezra as he read God's word, and their lives were changed. The people wept openly when they heard God's law and realized how far they were from obeying them. The following day, the people came to study them further and then acted upon them. A careful reading of Scripture always calls for action. What shall we do with this knowledge? How should our lives change? Because we hear the Bible so often, we can become dull to its teaching and immune to its impact. Instead, we should listen carefully to every verse and open our hearts to God's Spirit. We should ask the Holy Spirit to help us understand. The first question we should ask is, what do we learn about God? After all, He is the main character. Once we gain some insight, we should ask, how should I respond to God as a result? When we begin to understand who God is, we will recognize that our lives must change as a response. Amen. Okay, would you read the, uh, the most asked questions? What is the purpose of God's word for God's people? Um, okay. In the fall of 445 B.C., Nehemiah finished rebuilding the wall of Jerusalem. Just five days later, the settlers in Judah came together to celebrate the Festival of Trumpets. During and after the festival, Ezra read from the law, and as people listened, they mourned and wept, for they realized they had not obeyed God's law. They confessed their sins, studied God's word to learn what he required, and obeyed what, he, what they learned. The book of the law of Moses transformed Jewish life 
and social behavior during Ezra's and Nehemiah's ministries in Judea. These events provide a dramatic reminder that God's Word is central to the lives of His people. God's Word provides the essential guide to life or death, and His promises prove true. Genesis 2.16-17, 17-15-24, 17-18-19, 17, God's Word was written in stone and it was to be taught to the children worn on the hands and forehead and written on the doorpost so that people would constantly be reminded of what God had said, Exodus 34.1. Deuteronomy 6, 7-9, God's instructions were to be read to the people every seven years so the people would remember to fear God, Deuteronomy 31, 9-13. Wow, seven is such a significant number. Success depended on meditating on God's word and following it. Joshua 1, 7, 8, Psalms 1, 2, 1, 19, 15. Obedience is far more important than giving a sacrifice, 1 Samuel 15, 22. God's word is perfect. It has the power to restore, make wise, and give joy, Psalm 19, 7 to 9. Godly individuals love God's word, Psalm 119, 97. It keeps them from sin and sheds light on their paths, Psalm 119.9 and 105. God's word accomplishes its purpose and remains relevant forever, Isaiah 55.11, Matthew 5.17-19, and 24.35. Amen. Okay, Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 9.1-18. Am I, Paul, not as free as anyone else? Am I not an apostle? Haven't I seen Jesus our Lord with my own eyes? Isn't it because of my work that you belong to the Lord? Even if others think I'm not an apostle, I certainly am to you. You're, you yourselves are proof that I am the Lord's apostle. This is my answer to those who question my authority. Don't we have the right to live in your homes and share your meals? Don't we have the right to bring a Christian wife with us as the apostles and the Lord's brothers do? And as Peter, as Peter does? Or is it only Barnabas and I who have to work to support ourselves? What soldier has to pay his own expense? What farmer plants a vineyard and doesn't have the right to eat some of its fruit? What shepherd cares for a flock of sheep and isn't allowed to drink some of the milk? Am I expressing merely a human opinion? Or does the law say the same thing? For the law of Moses says you must not muzzle an ox to keep it from eating as it treads out the grain. Was God thinking only about oxen when he said this? Wasn't he actually speaking to us? Yes, it was written for us so that the one who plows and the one who threshes the grain might both expect a share of the harvest. Since we have planted spiritual seed among you, aren't we entitled to a harvest of physical food and drink? If you support others who preach to you, shouldn't we have an even greater right to be supported? But we have never used this right. We would rather put up with anything than to be an obstacle to the good news about Christ. Don't you realize that those who work in the temple get their meals from the offerings brought to the temple? And that and those who serve at the altar get a share of the sacrificial offerings? 
In the same way, the Lord ordered that those who preach the good news should be supported by those who benefit from it. Yet I have never used any of these rights, and I am not writing this to suggest that I want to start now. In fact, I would rather die than lose my right to boast about preaching without charge. Yet preaching the good news is not something I can boast about. I'm compelled by God to do it. How terrible for me if I didn't preach the good news. If I were doing this on my own initiative, I would deserve payment. But I have no choice, for God has given me this sacred trust. What then is my pay? Is it the opportunity to preach the good news without charging anyone? That's why I never demand my rights when I preach the good news. Ooh. Amen. Well, that's wonderful. I like it. I like what he says about the Lord's brothers. Everybody, He's saying everybody has a family. Don't we have the right to bring a Christian wife with us, you know, when they're traveling? Mm-hmm. You go know, and put, them up, put us up for board like the other apostles and the Lord's brothers do. There it is. The Lord's brothers do. And as Peter does, they bring their whole family. Or it's only Barnabas and I who have to work to support ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, they were like the 20% of the few that dedicated the entire their, their real lives to the work of the Lord, Paul and Barnabas and others. And others, they had to have their families, which God, which was okay too. Uh, today's study, 1 Corinthians 9 12. The priests in the temple were provided for by the offerings the people gave. The priests would receive a portion of the food that was sacrificed. And they could eat it. God himself instituted this practice. Numbers 18, 8 to 24. In the same way, Paul had the right to hospitality, to be married, and to be paid for his work. But he realized that some might avoid the good news if they knew that an obligation to Paul came with it. They might feel as though the good news had strings attached. Paul avoided this by doing, by not laying claim to their rights. Kind of like AA. We would rather put up with anything than be an obstacle to the good news of our Christ. Are you trying to attach strings to the good news? Are you inclined to add extra responsibilities to go along with God's gifts? This could be something important like tithing regularly or serving to the poor, reading the Bible every day, or avoiding a certain sin. But God's grace does not depend on getting those things in order first. We should not put any obstacle in the way of someone who is looking for God, no matter how important it is for us. See, Alcoholic Anonymous does a wonderful job of being like Paul. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't, we don't require anything on anyone that comes over. Just a requirement to want to stop drinking, right? Yeah, you know, just all we do is give them, uh, we give them respect and love. And and that that if we care and it's going to get better, you know. And and see, they don't we don't attach any needs of ours onto them, any any payment or anything, and that is speaks volumes. Opens up the uh, the highway to true believers. They can rest. Yeah, um, one of the things that was said here, like not attaching the strings, is like you you work with somebody and they don't they don't understand some of the biblical pr- principles to help them prosper. You know, like saying, well, you have to tithe, otherwise these things are going to happen. They're going to take that information, and they're going to start to think that there's there's obligation to give without giving it joyfully. And so we have to be careful to not 
you know, people have to have a, uh, a revelation about tithing, right? Yeah, they want to prosper, but, you yeah, know. But I, I'm just saying that, you know, as a believer comes into the kingdom, it's like they, they think there's all these rules and regulations when it's... That's why they, they'll, you, you know, we don't have all, we don't go into all that with AA, they don't. Yeah. Uh, that's beautiful. Um, you're right. You know, it shuts a lot of people off yeah. on that. They always think, well, all the people, all they want on TV is to give money to them. I always But, but he, Paul is right, you know. We must not muzzle an ox to keep from eating its treads out as it treads out the grain. And as it comes up again, you know, that uh, we read it earlier on John chapter 4, uh, around chapter 434, Jesus explained, My nourishment comes from doing the will of God, who sent me, this, and from finishing his work. Amen. Do you think the work of harvesting will not begin until the summer ends for four months from now? Look around you. The vast field is ripening all around and are ready now for the harvest. The harvesters are paid good. See, the harvesters are paid good wages. There it is again. Mm -hmm. And the fruit they harvest is people brought to eternal life. Amen. What joy waits both the planter, Paul, and the harvesters alike Mm -hmm. us. You know the saying, one person plants and and someone else harvests. And it's true. I sent you to harvest where you did not plant. Others have already done the work. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you will God. But I like it when it says right here, the harvesters are paid good, good wages. wages. Yeah. See, I am paid good wages. Mm-hmm. And God puts petrol in my car. Yeah. He gives me clean boxers, a mm-hmm. dollar in my pocket. Amen. And then I can go to AA. And a good meal before you go. Amen. Nice, a lot of pro, food. a lot of protein, so I don't have right. to reach my hand out to any donuts or stuff. I can right. stay healthy. And it just it reminds me of the times that people have placed money in your hand. Amen. You see the work you're doing. It's an it's an automatic blessing that comes as you spread the good news uh, without any you know expectations that you're supposed to be getting paid for it to the people's impression. To God, to God, we know that that's a promise, right? That he rewards those who who serve. So we look to God for those blessings, but they come because he he puts it in man's heart to give. Amen. Okay, would you read uh, praying the psalm? Okay, uh, rejoice in God who knows you completely. Hope in his protection, trust in his character, and enjoy his love. Ooh, rejoice in God who knows you completely. Hope in his protection and trust in his character and enjoy his love. What uh, Psalm 33, 12 to 22, What joy for the nation whose God is the Lord, whose people he has chosen as his inheritance. The Lord looks down from heaven and sees the whole human race from his throne as um, he observes all who live on the earth. He made their hearts so he understands everything they do. The best equipped army cannot save a king, nor is great strength enough to save a warrior. Don't count on your war horse to give you the victory, to give you victory. For all its strength, it cannot save you. But the Lord watches over those who fear him. Amen. That's a good word right there. Those who rely on his unfailing love, he rescues them from death and keeps them alive in times of famine. We put our hope in the Lord. He is our help and our shield. In him our hearts rejoice. 
For in for we trust in his holy name. Let your unfailing love surround us. Lord, for our hope is in you alone. Amen. Proverbs twenty one, eleven to twelve says, If you punish a mocker, the simple minded become wise. If you instruct the wise, they will be all wiser, all the wiser. The righteous one knows what's going on in the homes of the wicked. He will bring disaster on them. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for the reading of your word today. We rejoice and glad we can listen to this. You ordained it and you made it possible. Father in heaven, we thank you for August 14th. We thank you for today's reading, Lord, of your word. Give us eyes to hear, ears to listen to, (laughs) eyes to hear and ears to see. Eyes to see and ears to listen to your word. Thank you for speaking to us. And bless your word today, August the 14th, Nehemiah 7.73 to 9.21. And it says... In October, when the Israelites had settled in their towns, all the people assembled with a unified purpose at the square just inside the water gate. They asked Ezra, the scribe, to bring out the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had given for Israel to obey. So on October 8, Ezra, the priest, brought the book of the law before the assembly, which included the men and women and all the children old enough to understand. He faced a square just inside the water gate from early morning until noon and read out loud to everyone who could understand. All the people listened closely to the book of the law. Ezra the scribe stood on high on a wooden platform that had been made for that occasion. To his right stood Matitaya, Shema, Ananiah, Uriah, Hilkiah, and Masiah. To his left stood Pediah, Mishael, Melchijah, Heshum, Hashbadana, Zechariah, and Meshulam. Ezra stood on the platform in, few view, in full view of the people. When they saw him open the book, they all rose to their feet. Then Ezra praised the Lord, the great God of all the people, and all the people chanted, Amen and Amen. As they lifted their hands, then they bowed down and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. The Levites, Jeshua, Bani, Sherebiah, Jamin, Akub, Shabetai, Hodiah, Masisiah, Kelida, Asariah, Josabad, Hanan, and Peliah then instructed the people in the law while everyone remained in their place. They read from the book of the law of God and clearly explained the meaning of what was being read, helping the people understand each passage. Then Nehemiah the governor, Ezra the priest and scribe, and the Levites who were interpreting for the people said to them, Don't mourn or weep on such a day as this. For today is a sacred day before the Lord your God. For the people had all been weeping as they listened to the words of the law. And Nehemiah continued, 
Go and celebrate with a feast of rich food and sweet drinks and share gifts of food with people who have nothing prepared. This is a sacred day before our Lord. Don't be de dejected and sad, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Amen. Amen. And the Levites, too, quieted the people, telling them, Hush, hush, don't weep, for this is a sacred day. So the people went away to eat and drink and ha eat a festive meal, to share gifts of food and to celebrate with great joy because they have heard God's word and understood them. On October the 9th, the family leaders of all the people to together with the priests and Levites met with Ezra the scribe to go over the law in greater detail. As they studied the law, they discovered that the Lord had commanded through Moses that the Israelites should live in shelters during the festival to be held that month. He had said that a proclamation should be made throughout their towns and in Jerusalem, telling the people to go to the hills and get branches from olive, wild olive, myrtle, palm, and other leafy trees. They were to use these branches to make shelters in which they would live during the festival as prescribed in the law. So the people went out and cut branches and used them to build shelters on the roof of their houses, in their courtyards, in the courtyard of God's temple, or in the square just inside the water gate and the Ephraim gate. So everyone who had returned from captivity lived in these shelters during the festival, and they were all filled with great joy. The Israelites had not celebrated like this since the days of Joshua, Joshua the son of Nun. Ezra read from the book of the law of God on each of the seven days of the festival. Then on the eighth day they had a solemn assembly as was required by law. On October 31st, the people assembled again, and on this time they fasted and dressed in burlap and sprinkled dust on their head. Those of Israelite descendants separated themselves from all foreigners as they confessed their own sins and the sins of their ancestors. They remained standing in place for three hours while the book of the law of the Lord their God was read out loud to them. Then, for three more hours, they confessed their sins and worshipped the Lord their God. The Levites, Yeshua, Bani, Kadmiel, Shibaniah, Buni, Sherebiah, Bani, and Kananani stood in the stairway of the Levites and cried out to the Lord their God with loud voices. And the leaders of the Levites, Jeshua, Kadmiel, Bani, Hashabaniah, Sherebiah, Hodiah, Shebaniah, and Pethananiah, Hahiah, called out to the people, Stand up and praise the Lord your God, for he lives from everlasting to everlasting. Then they prayed. May your glorious name be praised. May it be exalted above all blessings and praise. May you alone, you alone are the Lord. You made the skies and the heavens and all the stars. You made the earth and the sea and everything in them. You presented them all, and the angels of heaven worship you. You are the Lord God who chose Abram and brought him from the Ur of the Chaldeans and renamed him Abraham. 
When he had proved himself faithful, you made a covenant with him to give him and his descendants the land of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amortites, Perizzites, Jebusites, and Girgashites. And you have done what you promised, for you are always true to your word. Amen. You saw the misery of our ancestors in Egypt, and you heard their cries from besides the Red Sea. You displayed miraculous signs and wonders against Pharaoh, his officials, and all his people, for you knew how arrogantly they were treating our ancestors. You have a glorious reputation that has never been forgotten. You divided the sea for your people so they could walk through on dry land, and then you hurled their enemies into the depths of the sea. They sank like stones beneath the mighty waters. You led our ancestors by a pillar of cloud during the day and a pillar of fire at night so they could find their way. You came down at Mount Sinai and spoke to them from heaven. You gave them regulations and instructions that were just and decrees and commands that were good. You instructed them concerning your holy Sabbath and you commanded them through Moses, your servant, to obey all your commands, decrees, and instructions. You gave them bread from heaven when they were hungry and water from the rock when they were thirsty. You commanded them to go and take possessions of the land, had sworn to give them. But on your ancestors were proud and stubborn, and they paid no attention to your commands. They refused to obey and did not remember the miracles you had done to for them. Instead, they became stubborn and pointed a leader to take them back to their slavery in Egypt. But you are a God of forgiveness, gracious and merciful, slow to become angry, and rich in unfailing love. But you are a God of forgiveness, gracious and merciful, slow to become angry, and rich in unfailing love. You did not abandon them, even when they made an idol shaped like a calf and said, This is your God who brought you out of Egypt. They committed terrible blasphemies. But in your great mercy, you did not abandon them to die in the wilderness. The pillar of clouds still led them forward by day, and the pillar of fire showed them the way through the night. You sent your good spirit to instruct them, and you did not stop giving them manna from heaven or water for their thirst. For 40 years you sustained them in the wilderness and they lacked nothing. Their clothes did not wear out and their feet did not swell. Whoo! Amen. Wow, that really relives all that the Lord did for them as they came out of Egypt. Beautiful. An extraordinary thing that I see right here, we back Mm -hmm. up from the the back forward Mm -hmm. and we back up says... You sent your good spirit to instruct them. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And today when we ask them for a spirit of efficiency or a uh-huh. spirit of... Uh, Amen. The spirit will come. You know, Amen. it's in lack of the Holy Spirit as, you know, to teach us. Lord, please send us a spirit of instructions, Lord, to instruct us. Because instruction is like reproof. It's a strong word. Yeah. Instruct. I think the word instruct has a two by four. You get online, he whack you with it. He instruct you. That's how strong the word instruction is. Well, kind of like he, struck you over the head. Yeah, I, I like it because you sent your good spirit to instruct them and you did not stop, okay, giving them manna from heaven 
or water for their thirst. And for 40 years, you sustained them in the wilderness. Okay? And they lacked nothing. They lacked nothing. Their clothes did not wear out and their feet did not swell. Wow. That's the kind of God we serve, babe. We lack nothing. He sustains us. He sends us instruction through His Spirit. He feeds us. Get When we're thirsty, we, and He gives us the water we need. And we lack nothing. And He sustains us. That is, if you get nothing else out of this whole chapter, hang on to that. And I, you know what I, I like about this is we are in the Old Testament right now. But it says... You know, it clearly describes what kind of God it is, he is. It says, but you're a God of forgiveness, gracious and merciful, slow to become angry, and rich in unfailing love. No matter what they did, he still was a very forgiveness, a God of forgiveness, lots of forgiveness, graciousness, merciful, and he didn't abandon them. Yeah, for becoming stubborn and... And making an idol. Golden idol. Wow. A God of forgiveness, See, gracious and mercy. Slow to become God's not an angry rich God. He's not God. an angry God. <laughs> See, that's why we have to be forgiving, gracious, mm -hmm. and merciful, slow to become angry, and Amen. rich and unfailing love. Gotta be like him in those areas, huh? You did not abandon them. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Um, I like their prayer also when they, um, wow, they really were, you know, dedicated. They were standing for three hours, and they stood for three more hours after that, confessing their sins, worshiping God. Over here it says, uh, 9, 8, it says, And you have done what you promised, for okay. you are always true to your word. Amen, amen. <laughs> And you have done what you promised, for you are always true to your word. I mean, what, what God can boast that, that he can promise something and make it come to pass. Right. And Amen. says, there's no other God but me. Amen. Now, let's talk about a little bit of how long they stood out there. It was a eight-day festival. Mm -hmm. And then they, they were having fun because everybody camped outside. Uh -huh. So apparently the, the weather must have been okay. Mm -hmm. Hasn't changed yet. They, uh, they 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 enjoyed and the, and they uh, they went deeper into the scriptures the next day and they found out that they lived in shelters Amen. and that was a command for this festival mm. and what is the reason well to humble you to remember how you came to this town how the God God you know how knows that we need to have reminders over and over again of who we are where we we were created. What God we have and what what mercies He's mm, done in our lives. Yeah, you know? it's like a reminder, contra reminder of what He did for them to bring them out of Egypt, right? Yeah, some of the things really interesting is that somebody told me if you have a need, actually I got a call from Europe, from Italy somewhere, because I had my ten ten think well, mm -hmm. and they and they were looking at it, and he called me to give me some advice. He said if you have, uh, he said if you have uh, financial problems, he goes, read Psalms, read Psalms 119, or mm -hmm. read all the Psalms for, you know, and right here it says, they remain standing in a place for three hours while the book of the law of the Lord God was read out loud to them, mm -hmm. to them. 
So you can read it out loud to yourself. Mm -hmm. Then for three more hours, they can they confess their sins. Now, we don't have to do that through right. Jesus Christ. But we, we worship in spirit and in truth. Amen. And thanksgiving for three hours. Amen. Now, there will cause a change in your life. I mean, you read the Word of God out loud for three hours to yourself, and then you praise Him for three hours to yourself. I mean, who can stand that understanding? It says over here that Ezra read the book of the law of God on each of the seven days of the festival. And then on the eighth day, they had a solemn assembly that was required by the, by the law. Now they put on burlap and sprinkle on their dust. Now they went reverse. Instead of a Steve, they started uh, confessing their sins and the sins of their ancestors. Um, and it's interesting that over here, too, in the beginning, it says that Ezra read the book starting early in the morning till noon. Wasn't that right? Mm -hmm. Let's see. And it's interesting, I said, they're old enough to understand. And the word understanding is not just, I mean, understanding. When you set yourself to understand, mm -hmm. you, set, you set yourself to seek God. You set yourself to open up for God. You, you, uh, you open your heart to believe and to, and to seek God when you understand. Yeah, you know, I, I think uh, when I read that, it says... Uh, so, previous to that, in 10, 8, 10, the very famous verse, where it says, For the joy of the Lord is your strength. Mm -hmm. And where they found, um, it says, uh, And the Levites too quieted the people, telling them, Hush, don't wait, weep, for this is sacred day. So the people went away to eat and drink at a festival meal, at a festive meal, to share gifts of food and to celebrate with great joy, okay, but it says, and how did they get that joy? It says, because they had heard God's word and understood. Hmm. So that's where our joy comes from. But only after they heard the word of the yes. Lord for six hours. But it, yeah, but isn't that later when they, on October 31st, it says? No, they, they went for eight days. For the, in the beginning, they had to have a foundation. So on October 8th, the priest brought the book of the law before the assembly, which included the men and women, the children. He faced the square just inside the water gate okay, go, from early morning until noon. See? And that was before the uh, joy of the Lord is my strength. Yeah. And read out loud to everyone who could understand the people who listened closely. And then it says that the Levites, Jeshua, Bani, down in 7-7, uh, uh, they explained the law to, they had, they broke up in groups. Mm. And they explained what they had read to them in really detail. And now they've done their work. They worked for six hours, and then they, after the six hours, they started explaining. Well, it was an all-day thing. It was a seminar. It's a convention, a conference. And then after that first day, for today is a sacred day before the Lord your God, for the people had all been weeping as they listened to the word of the law. Okay, they were, they were been weeping, so they got through. It worked. And now go and celebrate. Now go get, they haven't eaten probably. They feast the rich food and sweet drinks and share gifts with the people and have nothing prepared. For this is a sacred day before Allah. So they've done something sacred. They mm, have amen. brought heaven to earth Amen. through the word of God. 
okay, by opening, you know, and being, so don't be dejected and sad no more, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Look, you have done it. This is your reward now from standing here for six, seven, eight hours and seeking the Lord. And the Levites, too, quieted the people, telling them, Hush, hush, don't weep, for this is a sacred day. So the people went away to eat and drink at a festive meal. Festive. And share gifts of food and to celebrate with great joy because they had heard God's word and understood them. So God's word took root. Amen. Yes, and yes. And gave them joy. It gave them a meal. It was a spiritual meal in the beginning. Right. right. Now they're going to have a physical meal. Hallelujah. And to celebrate. See, you know, see, what we're doing right now, early in the morning, we're, we're having, we're, this is what we're doing. We're getting into the Word. We're getting a meal into our spirits. And now, later on, we're going to be able to enjoy the day. We're going to be in the kingdom of God, enjoying His music, enjoying His atmosphere. Because our, our souls are filled, our souls are joyful. It's a natural response for us to have joy. Okay. Amen. Amen. Okay. So, um, that's really good right there. Would you like to read this? Yes, I would. Um, but yeah, I, I just, you know, when you read that, they had heard God's words and understood. See, it's not just enough to read it, you got to understand you got to get understanding, just like it says in the Proverbs, wisdom and understanding. Get that. I think understanding, you know, like I said before, understanding is really, um, it's just a willingness to understand, a willingness to go forward and open your heart and, and want, wanting to understand God, wanting to do His will, huh? Mm -hmm. You know, abandoning your, your uh, prejudices. Okay. First Corinthians 9, 1. Oh, hang on. We got a couple of more to go here. Let me read uh, Nehemiah 8, 1, 5, and we'll finish because this is really important. Okay. The next one, it says, The book of the law of Moses was probably the Pentateuch, Pentateuch the first five books of the Bible. Okay, it was, They read Genesis. They read all about Joseph and, and 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 the flood and all those beautiful stories in Genesis, okay, and then the five books of the Bible because he did go over some of the miracles they talked about uh, coming out of Egypt and the miracle things in the forty years in the desert. So they read all that, the first five books of the Bible. The people rose to their feet in respect and anticipation. They listened attentively to Ezra. As he read God's word, and their lives were changed. The people wept openly when they heard God's law and realized how far they were from obeying them. The following day, the people came to study them further and then acted upon them. A careful reading of scripture always calls for action. What shall we do with this knowledge? How should our lives change? Because we hear the Bible so often, we can become dull to his teaching and immune to its impact. Instead, we should listen carefully to every verse and open our hearts to God's Spirit. We should ask the Holy Spirit to help us understand. The first question we should ask is, what do we learn about God? After all, He is the main character. Once we gain some insight, we should ask, how should I respond to God as a result? When we begin to understand who God is, we will recognize 
that our lives must change as a response. Amen. Okay, would you read the, uh, the most asked questions? What is the purpose of God's word for God's people? Um, okay. In the fall of 445 B.C., Nehemiah finished rebuilding the wall of Jerusalem. Just five days later, the settlers in Judah came together to celebrate the Festival of Trumpets. During and after the festival, Ezra read from the law, and as people listened, they mourned and wept, for they realized they had not obeyed God's law. They confessed their sins, studied God's word to learn what he required, and obeyed what, he, what they learned. The book of the law of Moses transformed Jewish life and social behavior during Ezra's and Nehemiah's ministries in Judea. These events provide a dramatic reminder that God's word is central to the lives of his people. God's word provides the essential guide to life or death, and his promises prove true. Genesis 2:16 to 17, 17, 15 to 21, 18, 10 to 14. God's word was written in stone and it was to be taught to the children worn on the hands and forehead and written on the doorpost so that people would constantly be reminded of what God had said, Exodus 34.1. Deuteronomy 6, 7-9, God's instructions were to be read to the people every seven years so the people would remember to fear God, Deuteronomy 31, 9-13. Wow, seven is such a significant number. Success depended on meditating on God's word and following it. Joshua 1, 7, 8, Psalms 1, 2, 1, 19, 15. Obedience is far more important than giving a sacrifice, 1 Samuel 15, 22. God's word is perfect. It has the power to restore, make wise, and give joy, Psalm 19, 7 to 9. Godly individuals love God's word, Psalm 119, 97. It keeps them from sin and sheds light on their paths, Psalm 119, 9 and 105. God's word accomplishes its purpose and remains relevant forever. Isaiah 55:11, Matthew 5:17 and 19 and 24:35. Amen. Okay. Corinthians 1 Corinthians 9:1 to 18. Am I Paul not as free as anyone else? Am I not an apostle? Haven't I seen Jesus our Lord with my own eyes? Isn't it because of my work that you belong to the Lord even if others think I'm not an apostle I certainly am to you You're, you yourselves are proof that I am the Lord's apostle this is my answer to those who question my authority don't we have the right to live in your homes and share your meals don't we have the right to bring a Christian wife with us as the apostles and the Lord's brothers do and as Peter, as Peter does, or is it only Barnabas and I who have to work to support ourselves? What soldier has to pay his own expense? What farmer plants a vineyard and doesn't have the right to eat some of its fruit? What shepherd cares for a flock of sheep and isn't allowed to drink some of the milk? Am I expressing merely a human opinion? Or does the law say the same thing? For the law of Moses says you must not muzzle an ox to keep it from eating as it treads out the grain. Was God thinking only about oxen when he said this? Wasn't he actually speaking to us? Yes, it was written for us so that the one who plows and the one who threshes the grain 
might both expect a share of the harvest. Since we have planted spiritual seed among you, aren't we entitled to a harvest of physical food and drink? If you support others who preach to you, shouldn't we have an even greater right to be supported? But we have never used this right. We would rather put up with anything than to be an obstacle to the good news about Christ. Don't you realize that those who work in the temple get their meals from the offerings brought to the temple? And that and those who serve at the altar get a share of the sacrificial offerings? In the same way, the Lord ordered that those who preach the good news should be supported by those who benefit from it. Yet I have never used any of these rights, and I am not writing this to suggest that I want to start now. In fact, I would rather die than lose my right to boast about preaching without charge. Yet preaching the good news is not something I can boast about. I'm compelled by God to do it. How terrible for me if I didn't preach the good news. If I were doing this on my own initiative, I would deserve payment. But I have no choice, for God has given me this sacred trust. What then is my pay? Is it the opportunity to preach the good news without charging anyone? That's why I never demand my rights when I preach the good news. Ooh. Amen. Well, that's wonderful. I like it. I like what he says about the Lord's brothers. Everybody, no, he's saying everybody has a family. Don't we have the right to bring a Christian wife with us? Uh-huh. You know, when uh-huh. they're traveling, uh-huh. you go and put them up, put us up for board like the other apostles and the Lord's brothers do. There it is, the Lord's brothers do, and as Peter does, they bring their whole family. Or is only Barnabas and I who have to work to support ourselves? Uh-huh. You know, they were like the 20% of the few that dedicated the entire their, their real lives to the work of the Lord, Paul and Barnabas and others. And others, they had to have their families, which God, which was okay too. Uh, today's study, 1 Corinthians 9, 12. The priests in the temple were provided for by the offerings the people gave. The priests would receive a portion of the food that was sacrificed. And they could eat it. God himself instituted this practice, Numbers 18, 8 to 24. In the same way, Paul had the right to hospitality, to be married, and to be paid for his work. But he realized that some might avoid the good news if they knew that an obligation to Paul came with it. They might feel as though the good news had strings attached. Paul avoided this by doing, by not laying claim to their rights, kind of like AA. We would rather put up with anything than be an obstacle to the good news of our Christ. Are you trying to attach strings to the good news? Are you inclined to add extra responsibilities to go along with God's gifts? This could be something important like tithing regularly or serving to the poor, reading the Bible every day, or avoiding a certain sin. But God's grace does not depend on getting those things in order first. We should not put any obstacle in the way of someone who is looking for God, no matter how important it is for us. See, Alcoholic Anonymous does a wonderful job of being like Paul. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't, we don't require anything on anyone that comes over. Just a requirement to want to stop drinking, right? Yeah, you know, just all we do is give them, uh, we give them respect and love. 
and and that that if we care and it's going to get better you know and and see they don't we don't attach any needs of ours onto them any any payment or anything and that is speaks volumes opens up the uh the highway to true believers they can rest yeah um one of the things that was said here like not attaching the strings is like you you work with somebody and they don't they don't understand some of the biblical principles to help them prosper you know like saying well you have to tithe otherwise these things are going to happen they're going to take that information and they're going to start to think that there's there's obligation to give without giving it joyfully and so we have to be careful to not you know the people have to have a, uh, a revelation about tithing right yeah they want to prosper but, you yeah know. but I, i'm just saying that you know as a believer comes into the kingdom it's like they they think there's all these rules and regulations when it's that's why they don't you, you know we don't have all we don't go into all that with AA though yeah uh that's beautiful um you're right you know it shuts a lot of people off yeah. on that they always think with all the people all they want on tv is to give money to them i always but, just, but he, paul is right you know we must not muzzle an ox to keep from eating its treads out as it treads out the grain. And as it comes up again, you know, that uh, we read it earlier on John chapter 4, uh, around chapter 434, Jesus explained, My nourishment comes from doing the will of God, who sent me, this, and from finishing his work. Amen. Do you think the work of harvesting will not begin until the summer ends for four months from now? Look around you. The vast field is ripening all around and are ready now for the harvest. The harvesters are paid good. See, the harvesters are paid good wages. There it is again. Mm -hmm. And the fruit they harvest is people brought to eternal life. Amen. What joy waits both the planter, Paul, and the harvesters alike with Mm -hmm. us. You know the saying, one person plants and someone else harvests. And it's true. I sent you to harvest where you did not plant. Others have already done the work. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you will God. But I like it when it says right here, the harvesters are paid good, good wages. wages. Yeah. See, I am paid good wages. Mm-hmm. And God puts petrol in my car. Yeah. He gives me clean boxers, a mm-hmm. dollar in my pocket. Amen. And then I can go to AA. And a good meal before you go. Amen. Nice, a lot of pro, food. a lot of protein, so I don't have right. to reach my hand out to any donuts and stuff. I can right. stay healthy. And it just it reminds me of the times that people have placed money in your hand. Amen. You see the work you're doing. It's an it's an automatic blessing that comes as you spread the good news uh, without any you know expectations that you're supposed to be getting paid for it to the people's impression. To God, to God, we know that that's a promise, right? That he rewards those who who serve. So we look to God for those blessings, but they come because he he puts it in man's heart to give. Amen. Okay, would you read uh, praying the psalm? Okay, uh, rejoice in God who knows you completely. Hope in his protection, trust in his character, and enjoy his love. Ooh, rejoice in God who knows you completely. Hope in his protection and trust in his character and enjoy his love what uh, psalm 33 12 to 22 what joy for the nation whose god is the lord whose people he has chosen as his inheritance the lord looks down from heaven and sees the whole human race from his throne as um, he observes all who live on the earth he made their hearts so he understands everything they do 
The best equipped army cannot save a king, nor is great strength enough to save a warrior. Don't count on your war horse to give you the victory, to give you victory. For all its strength, it cannot save you. But the Lord watches over those who fear him. Amen. That's a good word right there. Those who rely on his unfailing love, he rescues them from death and keeps them alive in times of famine. We put our hope in the Lord. He is our help and our shield. In him our hearts rejoice. For, in, for we trust in his holy name. Let your unfailing love surround us. Lord, for our hope is in you alone. Amen. Proverbs 21, 11 to 12 says, If you punish a mocker, the simple-minded become wise. If you instruct the wise, they will be all wiser, all the wiser. The righteous one knows what's going on in the homes of the wicked. He will bring disaster on them. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for the reading of yeah. your word today. We rejoice and glad we can listen to this. Yeah. And you ordained it Amen. and you made it possible. 